Yeah, how good is it every week that we can gather, people gather every week with one spirit, with one purpose, and they're going to sing, and they're going to fellowship, and they're going to share together. There was a great, great meeting of that. Did you notice that meeting last night? Elliot's going to put the picture up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well done, Crusaders. (laughs) No, I was thinking about this. You know, 40,000 plus people got together last night. They praised, they sang, they fellowshiped, they shared hot dogs. What's the difference between what they did last night and what we did this morning? I hope there's a big difference. Yeah, I hope you came here with a, with a different intent. I was, um, I was a Friday night, there was a, there was a famous meeting here on Friday night. There was a spotlight game for our, our young students run by one of our teachers. And, uh, and I was talking to another dad. I was talking to Cam as we were standing around watching the kids enjoy their spotlight. And I had my phone out because my wife is away this weekend. She's down in Hamna with the, other, with the other ladies. And so I'm left raising my two children, which I can do. But my wife, bless her, knew that I might need some help. And she'd sent me an email with the timings for Friday night. This is when you to drop this son here and pick that son up and transfer him here and make sure he's got this and that. And, and I was reading through it and I laughed and I said to Cam, my wife's got me organized. And Cam reached into his inside pocket and pulled out a whole sheaf of notes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Our wives are looking after us even as, even as we are without them. But if you came this morning because it's on your sheaf of notes, you know, Sunday morning, take children to church. I hope there's a better reason. Because this morning, there's a powerful presence of God. I've already been sitting in the front row crying. There's a powerful presence of the Holy Spirit here today. And I want to encourage you to press into that. I'm not normally one for prophecy. It's not one of my key giftings but I'm going to be a bit bold this morning. Will you press into the Holy Spirit this morning? Because I feel like there is a presence here today to make a real difference in some lives. Yeah? A real difference. I'm going to pray. Let's pray to start. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here. Thank you that you are here, because otherwise, what's the point? Lord God, I want to pray a brave prayer this morning. I give you unfettered, total access to do whatever you want to do this morning. Whatever you want to do. With every eye closed this morning, will you pray that? Will you give God total access this morning to do whatever He wants in your life? Put aside distractions of the day. Put aside thinking about what you're doing this afternoon. Forget about the rugby final last night. Will you press into the Holy Spirit this morning? Because I really believe He wants to change your life today. There are some people in this church who have the gift of prophecy. You know who you are. Well, there's a real, there's a a double portion for you this morning. It's a double portion for you this morning. If you feel this morning that God has given you a message, I want you to write it down. 
Even as I speak through this morning's message, I want you to write that down because it's important. There are some people who are going to watch this later on because they're driving back from Hamna. And you know who you are and you know you have a gift of prophecy. God says there's a double portion for you this morning. Receive it. If you will press into him and receive it, it's there for you. Holy Spirit, we pray you would have your way this morning. Whatever I say doesn't matter. Lord, I pray you'd have individual conversations with people today. Don't let us leave unchanged. Praise you, Father. Would you be glorified this morning? Amen. Oh, I'm all shaky this morning. This is going to be good. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Julian. Uh, I'm husband to an amazing wife. Bless her. Father to two awesome young men. I work as a teacher and a leader in the school here. It's the best job in the world. I really love my work. And my students, some of whom are here this morning, will tell you that when I teach, I'm always working at more than one level. There's always at least two levels. I feel like there are three levels this morning. At level one, we're going to learn a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. Level two, I'm hoping I can teach you a little bit about how the Bible works. And at level three, I'm praying you get an encounter with the Holy Spirit this morning. That's the point. That's why we're here. Certainly not here to hear me speak. I'm excited, right? The key scripture that we've been using in this series, come back to the notes, is from John 14. If you've got your Bibles this morning, would you turn to John 14? And this is Jesus speaking. He says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater than these things, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. That's some powerful words. That's some scary words. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. That's some powerful words there. I want to dig into some of these words, particularly the spirit of truth. What is the spirit? Who is the spirit? What did Jesus mean when he said the spirit of truth? Now, I was thinking about this during the week. If I went into town... And I randomly walked up to a few people and said, tell me, what is spirit? What's a spirit? What does spirit mean? I'd get a whole lot of answers, wouldn't I? Yeah, I might, someone might talk about ghosts. Someone might talk about it being part of the human body. Someone who's into sports might, you know, come up with the phrase, that's the spirit. Yeah, or it was a spirited game last night, wasn't it? Uh, we might get some really abstract concept of spirituality. People love that word these days, don't they? Spirituality. But Jesus had a clear picture in mind when he said spirit. And I think it behoves us to try to figure out what he meant. When Jesus said spirit, he was downloading a whole lot of information that comes from the scripture. And I want to, uh, I want to dig into that this morning. Now, 
this Bible that we have, the Scripture that we have, works in a particular way. Uh, I've, I've heard it said this way. It's not a string of pearls. It's links in a chain. Yeah? We're not supposed to take out one verse and build a whole life around that one verse. We're supposed to see a story that gets built up through the Scriptures, through the narratives, through the messages, through the parables. So we're going to do a short version of that today around the Spirit. I want you to imagine for the first time, you, it was the first time you picked up this book. I'd never seen a Bible before. Someone gives you a Bible. What do you do when you have a book? Where do you start? Start at the beginning. All right, let's turn to page one. All right, let's see what this Bible thing has to say. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We could, we could talk about that for about six weeks. Okay, sentence number two. The earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. So I picture it like this. Dark, stormy, deep waters. That's the image. It's chaotic. There's no order to it. It's a scary place. Yeah? Uh, the, the Hebrew for it, tohu vavohu, formless, chaotic. And over this darkness is the Spirit of God hovering. That's the start. Now, the Hebrew word for spirit that's used here is ruach. Everybody say ruach. You kind of got to clear your throat, get a bit of phlegm out. Ruach. So the ruach of God was hovering over the darkness. Now, ruach gets translated as spirit, but it also gets used for two other things. Ruach also means the wind. Yeah? An invisible, powerful force. It also means breath. Oh, come on now. Have you seen, can you see the link? The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. If the Spirit means wind and breath, and God's about to create the universe, what's He going to do? What did God do to create, literally, what did God do to create the heavens and the earth? He spoke. Try this. Put your hand in front of your face. And say, let there be light. Do you feel it? You can feel it. You know, as a scientist, I'm a scientist, and I go, that's my breath. That's air particles moving. Ah, oh, but there's so much more. That's the life presence of God in you. That's why the Bible tells us we have to be careful with our words. Because when we speak, those words have power. The ruach comes out. Yeah? And so God spoke, and what did He do to the darkness? He brought order out of chaos. Yeah? He brought order. He, his creative power worked, and we get the creation of the universe. You see, every moment of our life, every breath that we breathe is a gift from God. Every time you inhale, you're inhaling ruach. The life-sustaining, order-bringing, creative, personal presence of God. 
and it's in you. Yeah, when you prophesy, there are some people out, oh, I prophesy, I prophesy on the brain today. When you prophesy, you are speaking out that life-giving, creative, order-bringing, personal presence of God. Yeah? Oh, that is so good. Acts 17, 28 tells us, in Him we live and move and exist. And you know, we were, we were singing this morning about this. Every, just our very existence is because of God, because of His Holy Spirit. Yeah, the fact that I can even stand up and walk around and talk to you today is because of that Holy Spirit. I hope the reason that you came to church this morning was to get an encounter with that Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit, which is the advocate, which is there to help, to guide, to comfort us. It's there for our goodness, for our benefit. Now, so we started with the Holy Spirit in the beginning over the waters. We're going to see the Holy Spirit act several times through the Old Testament. And I'm not going to read you all the stories, but I want to just give you a quick scan through. The first time that God act, God's Ruach acts after the creation to empower a person is Joseph. So God's Ruach enables him to understand and interpret dreams. That was the best picture I could find. <laughs> All right, think about that. He's able to understand and interp interpret the workings of the mind. All right, that teaches us something. It allows us to start to build a picture of this Holy Spirit. Yeah, the Holy Spirit knows the inner workings of your mind. He knows your emotions. He knows your dreams. That's at once an amazingly good thing and a very scary thing. God also knows the dark places in our mind. Yeah, those things that we said we'd never do. We repented of, and then we did them again. He knows. He knows. But he still loves us. We can start to build this picture. He wants to restore that order, that creativity in your life. The second person that gets it, this is really cool, is a guy called Betzalel. Now he's filled with the Holy Spirit in Exodus, and he's empowered to understand and to do amazing works of craftsmanship. And he becomes the chief uh, craftsman of the tabernacle. He gets to build the Ark of the Covenant. Right? So the Holy Spirit is not just some ethereal, abstract concept. He actually empowers people to do creative things. Yeah, Maybe you're a businessman and your business creates something. The Holy Spirit wants to be active in that business. He wants to empower you to create wonderful things that improve this world, right? It doesn't have to be all up in there. It can be real and tangible. You feel that? Betzalel. Right, so we, we learn some more about the Holy Spirit here. The Holy Spirit is creative and practical. Yeah, and wants to make real things that matter in the world. After Betzalel, we see the prophets, many of the, so many prophets. And what do prophets do? Prophets hear from God and speak that out. They hear a voice from God and they speak it out. They were there to guide the nation of Israel. 
And what was the main thing that these prophets spoke about? They spoke of the coming of a Messiah, right? a Savior for the world. It's one of the ways that we know whether a prophetic word is from God or whether it's just our over-imaginative mind. Does it speak about Jesus? Does it glorify God? Yeah, if you're getting a prophetic word about something and it lines up with the Scripture and it's glorifying God, speak it out. Be brave. So we see here that the Holy Spirit is about communication. The Holy Spirit is going to enable us to hear the voice of God, the voice of Jesus. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit is there to glorify God, to glorify Jesus. That's what we were singing about this morning. We start to build up this picture of who this Holy Spirit is, who this advocate is. Now, when Jesus speaks and says, I'm going to leave and send the Holy Spirit to you, that's what he's downloading. Yeah? That's what we're supposed to download when we think about Holy Spirit. We're supposed to go, okay, Holy Spirit. He means all-powerful, creative, order-bringing, communicating, practical Spirit of God. We start to get that? Okay, we skip forward to the New Testament then, and we're introduced to this Messiah, Jesus. And Jesus gets baptized in the River Jordan. And what happens? The Spirit of God arrives and empowers Jesus to begin the new creation, the new kingdom. So let's have a look at Matthew 3.16. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. I love that. It's underwater. <laughs> Comes immediately up out of the water. And behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. That's right. The Spirit of God comes on Jesus. And a voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That has to feel good. I've been reading this book. I'm going to share this book here. This book is by John Piper. It's called Don't Waste Your Life. It's an incredible book. It really speaks to me about the one life that we get. Yeah, And the Holy Spirit, God has, we've written it on the wall, a life and a hope and a purpose. You have a purpose. Yeah? And the Holy Spirit is advocating for us to fulfill that purpose. That's the best. That's the ultimate. That's the optimum. That's the life we want to aim at. The one that God has for us. I know every time I try and organize my life, it goes wrong. <laughs> yeah? Yeah? Every time I think, oh, that's a good idea, it's not usually. Yeah, what I want is that one life that God has prepared for me. Imagine if you got to the end of your life and you're there and your life is laid out being judged and imagine if God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's, my, that's, that's my not very secret goal. I want to get there and have God go, well done good and faithful servant. Oh, imagine that. Yeah, you got it right. You didn't stuff it up. <laughs> yes. That's what we want. There's this plans that God has for our life. And when we get ourselves in line with the Holy Spirit and go after those plans, 
then we get some powerful promises that come out of this, out of this word. Then we get that, you can ask for anything in my name and it will be done. Yeah? I used to think as a teenager, yes, Lord, I asked for a million dollars and a Porsche 911 and huge pectoral muscles. And it didn't happen. Like, but you said I could ask for anything in your name. No, there's a way that it works. When we come into line with the Holy Spirit, then, yeah, when we delight ourselves in the Lord, then we get the desires of our heart. Yeah? You get the desires of your heart when the desires of your heart are the desires of the Holy Spirit. So our job is to get in line. So, Jesus gets this awesome pronouncement. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, when we hear this, we're supposed to upload all those other narratives that we've seen, all the links in the chain, and use them to inform us. What should we expect Jesus to do if he's in line with the Holy Spirit? What, What are we anticipating? We should expect powerful acts of creation. We should expect insight into the lives of others. We should expect skills that enhance our lives and our work. We should expect to see Jesus hearing the voice of his Father and speaking it out. And what do we see Jesus do? He heals. He restores. He brings order and hope for the future. He speaks powerfully into people's lives, and he ushers in the new kingdom. Yeah. That's what I want. Now let's just pause here because we don't want to get into the thinking that this Holy Spirit is some personal genie here to grant our every wish. It's not how it works. Because if we look at the very next verse after, after this is my beloved beloved son, what's the first thing that the Spirit does for Jesus? The very next sentence, the Holy Spirit Led him into the wilderness to be tested. Holy Spirit, I'm in line. I'm looking forward to the great things you're going to do in my life. And what? We're going to do what now? We're going to go into the desert and and you're going to let me be tested. See, the Holy Spirit knows the plans, the perfect plans that God has for you. And sometimes those plans involve testing and trials so that we may grow and become mature in our faith. It's not a genie that's going to make life perfect and everything's going to be all good from here on out. I'm sorry. It's not how it is. But those trials that we go through, those tests, the Holy Spirit promises to be with us through them. Yeah? We don't have to go through them alone. Yeah? We don't have to go through those alone. Okay, now, here's my word of caution. It is exciting that we have a Holy Spirit as our advocate. I get really excited when I consider that the God who created the heavens and the earth has chosen to put His personal presence in me. That's exciting. It's scary exciting. But we can grieve that Holy Spirit. Imagine that. Imagine if rather than this is my beloved son. Imagine if the Holy Spirit said, actually, you've upset me. Oh, I don't want that. That's painful. In Ephesians 4, 
we read this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. There's a little key in there. What does the Holy Spirit do? He builds up others according to what is needed, not according to their wishes, according to what is needed, that it would benefit them. We're supposed to do the same. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay, how am I going to avoid that? Well, I need to get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, and every form of malice. Bitterness is that hurt where we've been hurt and we hold on to it. Have you done that? I've done that. That person upset me and I'm going to be angry at them because they deserve to be angered at. You know, smite them, please, God. That's that bitterness. We've got to let that go. We have to let go of rage. Mm. A couple of weeks ago, I yelled at my sons enraged that they were not doing what I thought they should be doing. My beautiful wife called me on it. She told me off, sent me to my room. (laughs) And then she said, you need to go and apologize. And I went, well, I know you're right. I had to let go of it. We've got to let go of that because that's what will grieve the Holy Spirit. Instead, what should we do? Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in just as Christ God forgave you. Yeah? There's nothing that I can hold on to in anger compared to the things that I've already done to upset the Holy Spirit. I need to let those things go. Just as the Holy Spirit forgave me, I need to forgive others. We need to bring ourselves back into that right place with the Holy Spirit. And when we do, then the promises start to happen. When we get our desires in line with the desires of the Holy Spirit, then things happen. And there is such power. How will we know when we've got it right? We will see. The Bible tells us we're going to see some fruit. And we bring up the famous Galatians 5, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I invite you at any time to judge yourself against those fruit. I'm not going to be brave enough to judge you, but you can judge yourself. Are you seeing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in your life? If you're not, ask for them. Yeah, Bring yourself back into alignment with the Holy Spirit and we'll see this fruit. Is there anyone out there that wouldn't like some more joy, some more peace? I'll have some more peace, thank you. Some more patience. It's going to be Monday and I've got to teach double physics. I could do with some more patience. (laughs) Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. Against such things there is no law. You see, when the disciples moved in power... It was because they were wholeheartedly committed to following Jesus. They had, in most cases, literally given up their life 
and said, I'm going after that one thing, Jesus. I don't think you have to give up your job, but I think you have to give up the control that we try to keep on our lives and wholeheartedly trust in the Holy Spirit. It's hard. It's hard. It takes effort. Here's a challenge that I read. I want you to consider this. How would you live if you had Jesus walking by your side all day, every day? When you got up in the morning, Jesus was there. I might change the order of my morning routine. Might be a lot more Bible reading and a lot less checking the news, newspaper. If, the, if Jesus was walking beside you every day, how would you live? And how would you live if you had the power of Jesus to bring order and life to dark and chaotic places in your life? Because you know what? He does. And you do. The Holy Spirit is literally with you all the time. He sees everything. And He's right there with the power to change the world if you will get in line with Him. There are some of you out there, I don't know all of you intimately. I don't know your hopes, your dreams. I don't know the dark places in your life. That's probably good. But Jesus does. The Holy Spirit does. And He loves you wholeheartedly anyway. There is nothing that you can do that's going to cause the Holy Spirit to leave you. The Bible tells us if we will draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. The Holy Spirit wants to go into those dark, chaotic places in your life, and He wants to bring light and order and peace and joy and all of those good fruit of the Spirit. It's simple really, isn't it? It's not rocket science. Our job is to get in line with the Holy Spirit and let Him do the rest. Yeah, And the gifts and the promises, if you read through this Bible, the gifts and the promises that come with that are incredible. They're insanely good. We want those, desire those. It's not rocket science how we get there. I'm going to go off script this morning because sitting here this morning, I could physically feel a presence of God. I, th- I really genuinely believe that there is the power of the Holy Spirit here today to change things in your life. This is not like me. I'm on a limb here. There are people here that God wants to give the gift of prophecy. And then He wants you to go to that Saturday workshop, learn how to use it. There are people here who are hurting, and He wants to restore peace. He wants to help you give away that bitterness and that rage. Don't keep holding it. There are people here who have a business. You know, we don't often do, do this sort of altar call. If you run a business or you work in a business, and you do something creative, we want to pray for you this morning that your business would flourish, that your products would be amazing, world-changing things, creative excellence. Yeah. 
the Holy Spirit that was there at the very beginning that breathed out is here today and wants to change your life. And it's really simple. You just have to give him permission. You have to be brave. It's a brave prayer to pray, God, you have total access even to the dark, scary places where I wish you wouldn't go, where I wish I could pretend they didn't exist. You can even go there. Even to that anger that I'm holding on to because it feels so good. He wants to go there. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to give you an opportunity for that.